Empower Radio presents The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Kroll. Hello and welcome everyone. You're listening to The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Each week we gather right here to make connections that break through the illusion of separation. In the global pause caused by the COVID-19 pandemic is uniting the world in new ways. Our opportunity is to foster a genuine movement towards global unity that has never been greater than this moment. Together, we are co-creating a new story and a more beautiful future for our shared home, planet Earth, and all its inhabitants. As we seek greater unity, some may ask, is unity even possible? Perhaps our inherent unity, our innate wholeness, is the only remedy for our times. Our guest today invites that unity to shape our future, inspire radical hope, and catalyze deep transformation. I invite you to take a few deep breaths. Open your mind and heart and settle into your essential wholeness as I introduce our guest. Ben Bowler is the executive director of Unity Earth, a global network building a worldwide movement for unity and peace. Ben is the founder of Blood Foundation, Monk for a Month, Muslim for a Month, World Weavers, and iGod.com. He has a unique capacity to empower and uplift individuals, organizations, and grassroots movements, working together collectively towards unity and peace in the world. Ben is the Executive Director of Unity Earth, like I mentioned, and the organization itself is organizing the Caravan of Unity and World Unity Week, and we're going to dig into all of these opportunities and really explore the concept of unity today. So I'm really happy to have Ben with me. Welcome, Ben. Thank you so much, Julie. It's great to be with you again. Uh, it's good, good to be back on the show. It's nice to have you here. And I'm going to ask my traditional first question because I always get new pearls of wisdom all the time from this question. And I think there's nothing more fitting as we talk about unity than to ask this traditional question. So, Ben, what can you share with our listeners? What does all things connected mean to you today? Mm. Wow, it's a very perennial question. And actually, and, you know, very relevant to the discussion that we, we're having today, Julie, or, or about to have all things connected. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely evocative of of the wholeness of our um, of our reality. Uh, that it is the way the way of things is that everything is connected, and in that sense. Um, being able to expand our awareness and being able to expand our perspective and our consciousness to hold more and more, knowing that the infinite is always, there's always more for us to hold. There's always more for us to see. There's always more beyond our scope of vision. I think that's really important. It's important for us to have that humility. It's interesting to, you know, the saying, the more you learn, the more you realize how little you know. Uh, I never used to really like that saying so much, but 
as I grew up, as I had more experiences and, and went through life and met more you know, extraordinary people and had more amazing um, awakenings, I suppose, it just becomes so true. It, the vastness of knowledge and the vastness of being and the, and the limitlessness of, of the diversity that exists just on our planet, uh, it, it really is beyond um, comprehension. So I think all things connected, it, it evokes a sense of humility and infinity, um, and not just infinity in scale, but infinity of, of, of in concept and in being, um, which really, you know, is it, it, it's awe, it's awe-inspiring, and and there's no other appropriate response, I think, rather than just the awe of um, of of witnessing creation and its limitlessness um, and and connectedness. Mm. Beautiful. I love that dropping in that infinity and that awe-inspiring is beautiful. And I have to tell you, when you said, uh, when you mentioned the diversity on our planet, I instantly went to the tropical jungles and saw these incredible plants, you know, the flowers that you think, how on earth does creation create this magnitude of beauty? It was so cool. I, you know, we're used to thinking in terms of, of our humanity when we're talking about diversity, but really we're talking about um, this one planetary body, and it is so diverse and incredible. Mm. Mm. Thank you, Ben. You know, you're one of my favorite human beings on the planet. You're an amazing human being, and I love your story. And you, you kind of brought that spiritual tone into that answer um, as well. And I would just love it if you could just kind of share a little bit about your life story and how you got so passionate about world unity. Mm. I, I just wanted to uh, also reflect on uh, your tropical forest vision. Uh, we've been um, lately watching uh, Our Planet, David mm-hmm. Attenborough series with the family, and it is astounding. Some the, the the life forms beneath the sea and in the ocean, like it's crazy. It's it's wonderful to watch with the kids, Julie. And mm-hmm. and, and again, it's another example of this, you know, simply jaw dropping diversity of life, uh, you know, as an example, uh, here, here on our very own world. Well, how I, how I got going in unity, uh, in this unity work is a, is a, yeah, so it's, it's a long story, <laughs> it's a long story. <laughs> but it's, um, I, I, I guess I kind of grew up with it through my family, um, particularly, um, my father, uh, who's involved in sort of bridging science and spirituality in his own way. He's a scientist um, uh, and a deeply, you know, kind of committed uh, person of faith. And he also had some pretty remarkable things happen to him in the late 60s and early 70s through discoveries that he made of uh, Aboriginal um, human remains that were for more than 40,000 years old and and changed, uh, you know, our understanding of, of history here in this in this continent. And, and changed our understanding of how long Aboriginal people had been in Australia. So that was always a very deep connection to a big mystery, um, those discoveries. He wasn't looking for human remains. They they kind of revealed themselves to him in the sand dunes where he was working um, after some rain and wind. So it was a it was a process the Aboriginal elders always said that, you know, that that the ancestors found Jim and not the other way around. So that was always there in the background. Um and I suppose, Julie, I just had, I think sometimes these things are just a gift. They're given, uh, there's no real rational explanation for it. 
but I was always fascinated by spirituality and the diversity of religious viewpoints. I got to live in China with my family for three months in 1985, way out west. Um, and it was a very mind-expanding experience uh, for a boy from the suburbs of Canberra to go and live in Xining, which is a provincial capital uh, in Western China, at a time when there were virtually, I mean, there really were no Westerners there. There were a few backpackers going through, but that was about it. Um, so it was a very um, expansive experience, I guess, an immersion program, which is interesting because later on that's what I ended up creating with these immersion programs into spiritual traditions. Um, so... You know, I remember being out um, out near the Uluru uh, with my father one time, just a, a special image. I would have been maybe a boy of 10 or 11. And uh, he was, he and the other scientists were meeting with the Aboriginal elders there, the traditional owners of the land. They were wanting to get permission to go out to an ancient lake bed that was um, owned by, or was it traditional lands. And so they had to have a big, you know, meeting coming together with the elders. And I remember sitting, climbing a tree, because they were talking for hours, it seemed, to a young kid. But I climbed the tree and just stared down at this scene of these, you know, these white scientists and these Aboriginal elders and the you know, kids and dogs running around. And, and just, uh, it, it was a very striking image. So I, I, I guess somehow you know, I was born into it. It's been programmed into me. It's a, it's a mystery. It's a gift. It's all of the above. I don't know where it comes from. It just is the way it is. And I think, you know, what's interesting, Julie, is that taken this journey and met so many amazing people like yourself and 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 really again here's the limitlessness to, to how many groups and organizations are, are doing amazing work that calling that sense of calling it's a it's a very interesting um combination of factors and, uh, and they're not all rational i'm convinced that there's some deep um personal spiritual mystery involved here that is um it's fun to sit with uh, and yet may remain just outside our ability to fully comprehend mm, i couldn't agree more when you say not rational sometimes um you know people just shake their head and say what <laughs> so so true and you cannot not follow that call when it's there right it's just deep in our bones and our dna so thank you for sharing that ben and um you know looking at i i saw that vision of the little boy in the tree mm. and bringing the nations together bringing the cultures together bringing the religions together as, as you're sitting there with white scientists and the aboriginals it's it was such a striking image in my mind as you were describing that and and that had to imprint on your psyche deep down and here you are in mm. doing amazing things so let's let's expand into the construct of unity just for a little bit here before we dig into some of those projects because mm. you know using that word unity uh, is an important piece of this and and in the intro I talked about our inherent unity and our innate wholeness and so often we we hear of unity as oneness we we talk about it in a lot of different ways because like you mentioned there are so many organizations doing incredible work on the planet right now yeah. and many spiritual circles will refer to prior unity as well so we bring in this whole idea of unity is is this spiritual notion and and now we have science that's proving this as well so i think it's an important thing um to really kind of unpack what unity 
really means in today's world. And I'm wondering what your personal definition might be. How do you define unity? What is it? And when and how and why would we achieve it? When do we experience it? What is unity? How would you define it? Mm. Yeah, it's 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 a big question, Julie. Um, and, and and I f- I feel like um, our culture, certainly the European um, culture since the Enlightenment, which has been such a you know driving force on the planet, and um, and has driven um, you know incredible expansion, technology, and uh, capitalism, and uh, you know, very very powerful forces on the planet, but is tied up with a kind of um, sense of um, uh, authority and uh, and 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 um, a sense of power and a sense of ownership that really is not conducive to the experience of unity. Um, it's what's led to the colonial um, historic reality. That uh, I was just reading more about the papal bulls of 1493. Absolutely astounding that the Catholic Church would grant, um, you know, the powers, the, the monarchs of Spain and Portugal, and just give them the whole American continents as if as if they could, as if they were theirs to give, as if they had the right to do that, um, and then the the suffering that followed. So I'm starting to talk about unity by talking about what causes disunity and you know that idea of might is right that idea of i'm in the truth and you are not um that's almost a fundamental separation um superiority and and it can be racial it can be religious uh it can be national uh and it is all those things um, and sometimes there's those things together which is an extremely unholy uh, alliance of, of destructive forces. It can be very powerful for a time. It can focus people and create a lot of movement. Um, but in the end, it sows the seeds of its own destruction. And, uh, you know, we see that on the streets around the world today as um, black people and people who support Black Lives Matter movement are rising up in solidarity. So unity, I feel really is rooted in humility and unity is rooted in that sense that we touched on before about recognizing that we are just a part of this all all connected whole and to be just a part of an infinite connected whole um, how can one be arrogant how can one feel superior how can one feel as if one's religion or race or nation is superior to the rest so unity really its deepest root is in surrender to to the not knowing and surrender to the awareness that the other also holds preciousness and value and and that the other viewpoint holds preciousness and value. And look sometimes that's difficult. Sometimes that's hard for us and it's 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 a it's an I think it's a lifetime journey I think it's a never ending journey in deeper into that mindset which is conducive to unity which can welcome the other which can honor the other perspective and which can really deeply 
um, see and, and and hold dear that which is other. So embedded in all of that, the seeds of our disunity that have led to where we are on the planet today, where there is, you know, a lot of people are even abandoning hope that we have any chance to turn it around, the ecological crisis, um, racial unrest, um, and interreligious conflict, um, and the list goes on and on and on and on, ethnic cleansing. I mean, some people have abandoned hope, but if there is hope, if there is hope, if there's any hope left at all, it's, it's, it has to be in us coming together as a one human family in harmony with nature. And, you know, the road to do that is, is, is paved with healing, with humility, with surrender, with letting go of our claims to sovereignty and letting go of our claims to authority and uh, rightness and, and, even, and even to a certain degree reevaluating our relationship to truth and understanding that while there must be an absoluteness to truth, there is also a relative aspect to truth, which we experience as individuals. So all of that in, in our experience, I guess, over the last few years with Unity Earth, the, the thing that makes it work at the heart of it is love and really learning to love each other across those differences, across those boundaries of race and religion and, 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 and nationalism. And really seeing each other, and 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 re- what's at the key, I think, uh, feel truly is a deep honouring of the other, whether that's European settlers honouring indigenous perspectives here in Australia, or whether that's Christians and Jews honouring the Islamic perspective, and vice versa, or whether it's um, you know coming across the the gender divide, men and women, you know, really learning to see and honour each other. It feels like that's the, the 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 essence of unity. The 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 nature of unity is humility, love, honor, wisdom, and and a willingness to sit with the mystery, and not and just to not know. And I feel like that's a very very important part of the puzzle, if you like, because if we come to a situation with any sort of certainty. Or uh, you know an over an over in in uh, balance of a sense of certainty, then unity is hard to get to the very very core of it. We might have it on the surface, we might have it at a superficial level, but to really get to that depth, we need to be willing to go on a journey together, and that and that's everyone together. Um, it's not just one side or the other side. We all need to let go of our cherished ideas and that which we have held on to for so long. And we all need to be willing to take a journey together into deeper into unity, deeper into identity, uh, and deeper into wholeness. Mm. Pause. Gorgeous. Um, last couple sentences just gave me goosebumps, and I'm just thinking of this idea of this journey and um, what you had said a few minutes ago was really our ability to let go of our definitions, our ability to really challenge what we've believed to be truth. Um, we're, we're literally 
watching science before our very eyes begin to show us what spiritual traditions and wisdom traditions have told us for thousands of years that we're all one. And so here we have, you know, the indigenous, like you were talking about, um, who've held this wisdom for so long and now science is going, well, yeah, now we have this unified field of consciousness. And so it's, it's really a peculiar place that if we can allow ourselves to let go of those identities and open to a new way of seeing the world, open to a whole worldview and really challenge everything that we've believed and every system and structure and system and structure that we've created under that illusion of separation um i believe unity is possible but the key is letting go of those systems and structures and those beliefs so we're kind of watching that crumbling right now what message might you have ben for those that are watching these systems and structures breaking down as new unitive forms of systems and structures that support our higher our higher capacity to live in union they're emerging all over the planet you know and and unity looks possible when we see the new but as we're looking at the breakdowns it's scary it's 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 you know holding that love is one thing and then watching what if the banks collapse what if you know i can't get food for my children what if i can't pay my mortgage and they kick me out what would you say to those people as we're looking at unity yeah it is it is scary and and there is a tendency you know some of us have to maybe run to the positive side of this um you know, yeah. perturbation that's happening with the with the you know collapse of of so many systems and and to sort of rub our hands and say yes this is wonderful <laughs> because the yeah. old does need to die for the new to come through um but as you rightly say Julie, there are millions and millions and millions of people who are caught in this and it's it's you know, I mean, what can you say but to grieve uh, and to be with people and to and to experience and express that solidarity that we are all on this together and that, you know, there is um, a tremendous amount of suffering that's happening. It has happened and luckily, you know, will continue to happen. Um, so certainly the solace of the wisdom traditions, the solace of our spiritual perspectives, the solace of the human heart, of the friendships, the love and family that people have around them. Um, you know, one thing we can do is to reevaluate re what, what we think we need in order to be happy and in uh, order to be content, in order to be fulfilled. And, you know, in order to really uh, uh, live a purposeful, meaningful and, and, um, and um, valuable existence. And it's not what we thought it was in terms of the material um, element, which we completely OD'd on in um, in the Western, you know, psyche, in the Western psyche, and then infected pretty much every other part of the world too uh, with this materialism and uh, the idea that the more we accumulate, the more happy and the more successful and the more meaningful and the more valuable our life is. So that's definitely something we all need to evaluate and reevaluate. And I feel like that's space is is here. And so we can be happier with less. I think that's a message to, to myself as, as much as it is to anyone else, um, because, you know, I'm not sure that too many people can really um, claim, claim the right to preach here. Um, 
because I think we're, you know, most, if not all of us really got swept up in that, in that way of living, of consuming and, and, and consuming the planet's resources. So, you know, some of the things I hear, um, which really move me are people talking about repentance and these are not religious people. These are, these are thought leaders and other people and just everyday people talking about really repenting of our ways, um, of the way that we've lived, uh, and that we're all in this together. So, you know, being able to take stock and to really deeply repent of the way we were going in order that we can go in a new direction. Uh, it feels to me that's a very important thing to go to a depth of that. Um, although repent might be a strong word for your listeners, but it feels like that's the kind of thing that it, that it's going to take is a, is something um, so somber and sober a look at the way we live and to really readdress it. So for those who are suffering um, and going through hard times or afraid, all I can say is, you know, we're, we're there with you um, and we, we are there together. Um, and to, to really, you know, send love and compassion to, to everyone who is doing it tough, uh, struggling and, and fearful, and that this journey of transformation is not going to be an easy one. I, I think that's fair to say um, as much as a, 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 as I'm an optimist, Julie, and I'd like to see everything's going to be rosy and everything's going to be great. Uh, the reality is that it's not. And uh, there are many, many people who are suffering and will continue to suffer. Yeah. Thank you, Ben. When you were talking, I saw this image too. I'm just seeing all these images today. This is cool. We're tuned in. But <laughs> when you were talking about um, literally we, we're at a point that it's not a crossroads. It's not like, oh, we get to a fork in a road and we have to go this way or that way. It's literally stop, turn around, and look in a whole different direction. It's really that dramatic of a transformation right now. It's not just this continuation on a path. It really is, um, like you said, it's time to reevaluate everything. And what a beautiful time for us to really reevaluate with that love and unity and wholeness in our heart and then ask those questions what is it that we really need so beautiful this was a gorgeous first half of our show and we're going to look at that path in the second half of what you can do to create greater unity in your life some of these global events that are coming up right in your own neighborhood and on your own computer screen if you're still doing the social distancing it's okay there's a plan, there's a path, and we're going to talk about it in the next half. We're here with Ben Bowler, the Executive Director of Unity Earth. We will be right back after this break. Listening to Empower Radio, an entire radio station devoted to your personal development, expanding your conscious awareness, and empowering positive change. Meet our hosts and listen online at empowerradio.com, on iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Stitcher Radio, or iTunes, or download the Empower Radio app for your smartphone or tablet. It's free in the App Store and it lets you listen to our shows and podcasts on demand. Empowering people, empowering change. Empower Radio, online at empowerradio.com. This is why you work so hard to pay the mortgage. Because home is more than four walls and a roof. It's that port swing on a summer night. It's pajamas with feet and everybody over for Sunday dinner. 
and that old stuffed chair in the living room you just can't get rid of. This is why you work a second job. This is why you learn to fix things yourself so you can save on repairs. Because home is your place, your memories, your family sleeping in their own beds at night. And that is why we want to help. We are making home affordable, a free government resource that can make paying the mortgage easier. And now even more options are available. Call 888-995-HOPE today. That's 888-995-HOPE. Or visit makinghomeaffordable.gov. Good night, Mama. This is why. Brought to you by the U.S. Treasury, HUD, and the Ad Council. Great party, huh, guys? Yeah, yeah it is. is. So great. much fun. Uh-huh. <laughs> I do say so myself. Um, hey, did you know that birthday parties actually help build confidence in kids? Um, yeah, I did know that. Did you know that giving kids less sugar before bedtime helps them sleep better? Right, of course. Yeah, I knew that. Um, did you know that strollers have the right of way on sidewalks? Oh, yeah, I knew that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Did you know that friendly kids statistically have more friends? <laughs> Everyone knows that. Oh, yeah? yeah it's pretty obvious. Yeah, yeah so yeah. obvious. Hey, guys, did you know that most people think they're using the right car seat for their kid, but they're not? I didn't know that. I think I knew that. No, no, you didn't. Parents who really know it all know for sure that their child is in the right car seat at the right age and size. Visit safercar.gov slash the right seat to make sure your child is protected. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Vikings. We come from different places. Uptown. Downtown. We come to different conclusions. Half empty. Half full. But when we live united, we make a real difference in the building blocks of life. Children succeed in school. Families gain financial stability. The health of our neighbors improves, and suddenly so do our communities. Real change won't happen without you. Live Live United. United. So give, advocate, volunteer. Live United. Sign up today at liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Back to the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected on Empower Radio. Welcome back. Hey, if you're inspired by our conversation today, I invite you to share it with others and perhaps listen to it again. You can do that by visiting my website at thedrjulieshow.com where you'll find all the archive links as well as a listing of upcoming guests. Again, that's thedrjulieshow.com. Also, stay connected all week on my Facebook page, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie, where we continue the conversation. I invite you to be a more conscious, courageous, and compassionate co-creator of the beautiful, healthy world we depend on. Come work with me. There's lots of ways you can do that. You can check out those opportunities at juliecrawl.com or goodofthewhole.org. Org. I'm here with Ben Bowler. He's the executive director of Unity Earth. And wow, we are in the uh, huge energetic portal of all things unity right now on the planet, Ben, and 2020 is your year. I can't wait to talk about some of these opportunities. And I have to take a deep breath to go there. I'm just thinking about everything because it began a couple years ago when you began the road to 2020. I don't know how many years that has been now, but you've had events all over the planet. They've been gorgeous. They've been celebrations. They've been ceremonies. They've been deep healings. It's been so beautiful. Why don't you just kind of give us the overview of um, that road to 2020? And now we're headed toward the caravan of unity and in pops this 
gorgeous World Unity Week that's eight days in June. So, mm-hmm. yeah, fill us in. Yeah, thanks, Julie. Yeah, I've been on the road to 2020. I think the road to 2020 <clears throat> kind of uh, has been has been um, calling us for a long time. And if you go to, I mean, there are many visionaries like like Barbara Marks Hubbard, who you were close to, like so many people were, um, who also felt um, quite a strong call to 2020, and many many others have been talking about it for for, for a long time. I think. There was a pulse from what happened at the end of 2012 um, when uh, the Mayan calendar was ending and lots of people were orientating events around that date, December 21, 22, um, at that time. And um, I think, you know, really since then, we our first U-Day festival happened then out there uh, in Chiang Mai, Thailand. And, um, you know, since then we've been on a build-up and really building up. We officially convened the road to 2020 in October 2016 uh, at the Tillman Chapel, the chapel across from the United Nations in New York. Beautiful little interfaith chapel, very, very storied place, uh, and, you know, sometimes called the UN Chapel. Um, and we had an Indigenous ceremony and uh, called prayer. We had prayers. We had music. We had uh, reggae musicians. We had uh, roomy poetry. We had, uh, like, a real kind of amazing energetic kickoff on this global road to 2020 and uh it started you know started there and it's been building ever since and so it's been a a global series of interconnected events that have been getting larger and more sort of groups come on uh and join and more networks and more different organizations so yeah it's taken us to the outback of australia to the return of country turn to country of mungo man uh, in November 2017, which was uh, which was an amazing moment, and then onto the Rift Valley in Ethiopia for Uday 2018, um, and it's taken us to the Parliament of World Religions in Toronto and to the New York Liftoff Unity Earth Liftoff event, which is a week in February 2019, um, which was again extraordinary. Going out and visiting the the, the prayer grounds of the Ramapo Lenape people, Chief Dwayne Perry. And um, and the people out there was a real honour and privilege, and they were going through a tough court court case. Um, so to be able to go out there and bring the you know the international community to go there and pray together with them was a really beautiful moment. And and yeah, the music has always been a very very important part of it, and uh, and and celebration, and also you know that 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 invitation to come and and, and be a part of this. Um, uh, journey uh, into unity, and it's been very diverse. We've had the Buddhist monks from Thailand, uh, Muslim friends from uh, Turkey, and uh, in India and other countries, um, along with you know Christians and Jews and Hindus and Baha'is and uh, Sikhs and uh, you know all of the major uh, religions uh, that have come along, and uh, as well as um, a lot of indigenous leaders around the world. So it's been this sort of rolling kind of journey over the, since then, Julie. Uh, that's taken us to the holy city of Varanasi uh, for the Varanasi Convergence in November last year. And then, you know, the biggest thing we had ever done with our uh, partners, the United Religions Initiative and Eco Peace Middle East, was this event in February this year, Holy Land Living Water, where we brought close to 100 spiritual leaders, religious leaders, indigenous uh, artists, musicians, activists, NGO heads, and, you know, uh, other leaders to. Um, the Holy Land, and we went through from Jordan uh, up the river into Palestine uh, through holy sites and ceremonies and into Jerusalem uh, and then up to the final concert in Haifa 
uh, via Megiddo. Megiddo is a place known as Armageddon where we did a very special ceremony. So that was right before the global shutdown. Um, and our whole plans, you know, we were building to this caravan of unity across the United States uh, in September this year. And uh, we were scheduled to begin at Grace Cathedral, this amazing, you know, cathedral of national importance up in San Francisco, and to wind our way across, including coming to where you are in uh, in Nebraska, uh, which we're very excited about, and then moving to uh, New York for the International Day of Peace and Peace Weekend. So that was all sort of in the planning. And like, you know, the rest of the planet, our planes, uh, plans changed uh, with COVID-19 and the shutdown that happened. Um, so really out of that, that we were, you know, asking the question, what, 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 what can we do? What wants to happen? What do we do with all of this um, momentum, this networks, this goodwill, this energy, this trust, this phenomenal vibration that was sort of generated through the whole journey and particularly the rather climactic events in the Holy Land. Um, what do we do with that? Uh, and this idea, something that started to form around the solstice this year. So the solstice, 20, 21 June, around that weekend. It's a Saturday, Sunday this year. And as we were building to Peace Weekend, we thought, oh, maybe we could do like a unity weekend as a sort of a, as a warm-up, as a, as, a, as a next step on the road. And that idea then expanded when our friends at the United Religions Initiative, the executive director, Victor Kazanjian, said, oh, maybe you should do it the following weekend because that's the, a big celebration of the 75th anniversary of signing the UN Charter which was signed on the 26th of June, 1945, at the end of World War II. And it's a beautiful document. Um, and you can imagine people coming out of World War II. Um, you know, we, we live in challenging times. But, uh, you know, if you, if you go back to what it must have been like in 1945, and, of course, there are a lot of people here still with us that, that remember these days. But, um, you know, back then, uh, uh, they came, the people came together to really create something that was supposed to end war. And this was the United Nations. And the United Nations Charter uh, is a beautiful document um, that we haven't quite fully lived up to yet, but it starts with that spirit of we the peoples of the United Nations. So, you know, that's the 75th anniversary of, of the signing of that document. Uh, and that'll be celebrated actually on the 27th of June this year. So we looked at those events from the 20th and the summer solstice in the Northern Hemisphere, winter here in the South, and then all the events for the 21st of June, which is International Day of Yoga. And then, you know, the more we looked, the more events we saw. It's World Localization Day doing great work. It's um, it's the launch of the Purpose Earth Fund. It's, uh, it's many, many different, also Father's Day this year as well but there are many many different things happening on that day so uh, all of these different interconnected events leading up to the celebration it's also the birthday uh, the 20th birthday of the united religions initiative the uri uh you know wonderful global grassroots organization but the thousand uh organizations that are part of that and so we looked at all of these events julie and we thought let's just do the whole week so world unity week was born or it emerged really out of all of these conversations uh john raymer from the sign network and uh, jude caravan from the whole world view uh and and a deal from unify many many others you know victor himself from the uri and many others came in to really and then chief phil uh chief phil lane jr who's really got a vision for the solstice ceremony and the indigenous-led blessing that'll go around the planet so again it's kind of this it's this space where all of these visions and energies and passions and and ideas come together and come alive we've now got close to a hundred co-convening organizations saying 
which is amazing, including EcoPeace in the Middle East and many others. So World Unity Week has um, kind of uh, dawned upon us <laughs> and it's now uh, very, very close. Obviously, it's next week uh, as this goes to air. So um, it's, uh, it's, it's an exciting thing. And that, and that really is a stepping field for us towards September and larger and larger events that are planned around the planet by literally hundreds, if not thousands, if not, if not tens of thousands of organizations in September for Peace Weekend this year. Yeah. Yeah. You can just feel the pulse just, um, quickening but also just reverberating so loud right now it's it's really exquisite what you're what you're um co-creating and and what the planet is doing how this impulse is moving through so many how can people get involved um how do they participate what do they do because we're still in a um kind of a shutdown the pandemic the social distancing all they need is a a connection to the internet and they can participate in so many incredible events. What do they need to do? Yeah. Thank you so much uh, for this opportunity to, to invite people to not only come and participate, but there's still time. If you want to host a, a, a program, you can go to worldunityweek.org and you can apply. And there's a ton of stuff going on right across the week or amazing programs uh, from, from many, many, many different organizations that have come together. And the thing about world unity, it's a little bit like you started the conversation with, uh, you know, what does all things connected mean? And, and world unity is a bit the same thing, Julie. There's, there's, not, there's not too many conversations that don't belong. Uh, in world unity, so from the ecological dimension, the indigenous wisdom perspective, uh, this interfaith organisations, social justice organisations, there's a great you know number of groups that have come together and are offering content in this space. So we'd encourage you to come to participate, to share it out, um, to help uh, to really help this become something that we can all believe in. And I think that you know the invitation as we go from June through to September and Peace Weekend this year is for us to really give birth collectively to a world unity movement that can uh, you know, have the energy and the momentum and the goodwill and the trust and the faith of enough people right around the planet that we can believe that new systems can be um, uh, created and, and, and can be implemented and that we have the innovation, we have the collective genius in the human uh, psyche, in the human soul. We have the will, we have the means, we have everything we need to really reinvent the planet, uh, which is a phrase that David Gershon uses in his Peace on Earth by 2030 game. But there's, 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 I think there's an opportunity for everybody here to show up. No one can do it. No one organization, no one group, no one you know, religion, no one nation, no one, anything can affect the scale of transformation that we need. It needs all of us standing up, showing up shoulder to shoulder, linking up and lifting up as Jude Caravan has added uh, to the waking up and growing up of uh, Ken Wilber and Dustin DePerna. And so uh, there's a, there's a, there's an, there's an invitation to everybody to come together and to, and to show up. Uh, to link up and to lift up through World Unity Week and all the way through to Peace Weekend and beyond that into the future that we're creating together. Yeah, and beyond that. So I'm gonna. I just want to weave this back into the unity conversation because as you were talking, Ben, it is so true. We need everyone. It, this is this is for 
everyone as one planetary body. And as we're talking about unity and diversity, it's it's also this um, invitation to bring your own gifts and abilities mm-hmm. and vision and talent in it's like we're you know we've been talking about nations we've been talking about the interfaith and you know with religion we've been talking about the racial relations with with different cultures but literally this is also about our innate genius and how we're all gifted to be a part of this global unity and do our own unique part and that is diversity we need everyone in their own diverse expression of the wholeness here yes absolutely absolutely and that's critical i think you know the the no one left behind ethos is what we are um, calling for here and you know we need we need to keep each other accountable in that space as well to really make sure that this is going out and being inclusive and 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 that that the invitation and the connection and the diligence the due diligence to connect right around the planet with groups that are doing you know this work uh, and that are a part of um, this transformation uh, absolutely it's all of us it's everybody young old intergenerational intercultural interdisciplinary interracial international it's it's the whole world view uh, and the good of the whole uh, all, all coming together so that's the you know and and you know credit and and honor to you julie and the work that you've done and do you know with good of the whole and everything that you've you know, the, the work that you have um, put out in the world through your beautiful book, Fractured Grace, uh, and to the constant work you are holding to bring these different diverse elements together for the good of the whole, including hosting this radio show. So, you know, you are definitely, you know, someone who is demonstrating the integrity and the wholeness and the commitment and the discipline and the humility that it takes, uh, that it's going to take from all of us to really pull this through and uh, and to create a new world together. Mm. Well, thank you for that, Ben. As as I was listening to you, I'm thinking about this, um, the momentum piece and this movement piece. And I'm wondering if you have an intuition about what the connective tissue is for this movement of movement, for this one planetary body. What what is the connective tissue? So how how can individuals out there kind of sense into that and experience it and go, okay, this this is part of um, the plan moving forward. This is the path I can follow. What's that connective tissue? Do you have any idea? Well, I mean at, at one level it's it's really to love one another. Mm. And, you know, that's been the teaching of our wisdom traditions, of our spiritual traditions uh, at their heart, at their heart uh, has been to love one another. And, you know, I, I feel like within that is the greatest truth, truly. And within that is the greatest transformation. And within that is, that is the connective tissue for all of this movement. It is a, it is the energies of love. And, you know, love's a word in English that's been, you know, used and abused, um, but in, in, its, in its deepest sense, in its um, yeah. most beautiful sense, in its most powerful, transformative, um, evocative and um, dynamic sense, um, love is what's at the heart of, of, all, of life. And it's really by expressing that, that, you know, our greatest hope is to wake up to that nature that we that we are love and that we we have an opportunity to really create cultures based upon respect 
honouring, uh, service, um, humility and wisdom. And if you're going to sum all of that up as one connective tissue, uh, it has to be love. Mm. That's beautiful, Ben. Thank you. Which, which brings me to, I think, a really important question that has been on my mind the last several months. And um, I'm just beginning to talk about this with people because we have the the idea of activism and, and sacred activism, really the, the place where that love meets um, the pavement, right? It's like, I've been saying where, where the mystery meets the muck right now is like that love in action. And we're beyond the place of of sending love and light and and sending prayer and being in that place mm-hmm. of equanimity is important and having that sense of balance and coming from a place of resonance and coherence is so important but it's time to move with the coherence now and put this love into motion for the greater mm. good, for the good of the whole. I'm wondering if you have any anything you want to add to that part of the conversation because I think it's a it's a turning point for us. It's it's yes, we see people on the streets and there's riots, there's things happening, but now with that coherence, the global coherence that we can we can really hold and um, harness with this movement of movements. How do we move with the love to make real dramatic? differences in our lives and those of the the one planetary body Mm, thank you so much well i think we ended up in this situation because we had a culture of taking and um you know we took what we can we get what you can and you know it's a big bad rough world out there so you got to take what you what you can get and i think that that culture of taking is sort of you know might is right uh has has led us to where we are so in order to really you know turn it around it's, um, I think, about feel you know really leaning into the giving, Julie, and to and to demonstrate mm-hmm. a culture of giving. And sometimes there's a cost, you know. Um, sometimes that's not easy. Sometimes it's hard to give time, effort, energy, focus, money, resources, you know, um, love itself. Um, there's an element to that which is we may call self-sacrificial or sacrificial love, um, which is a tough one. For people, because that idea of actually giving away something we value um, is is something that we don't innate. We're not trained to want to do that, but I feel like that's what it's going to take. And I see people doing it. I see people giving and giving and giving, and really, you know, um, willing to give up um, their own, um, you know, their own wealth or their own time or even their own health sometimes, which is you wouldn't wish upon anyone. But in order to really give and keep giving and keep giving. And if there's an answer to how we can turn this around, it's for us to give more, to lean into it more, to be more generous and more um, more willing to give of ourselves to the other, uh, to the whole, to the family, to the, to, to, to the bigger picture outside of ourselves. So to give and to give and not count the cost, uh, that's the challenge. And, you know, as we do that, and as more of us do that, we can turn a culture of taking into a culture of giving. And in making that transition, it, it, it might just well be the turn that changes everything. That's inspiring, Ben. And that it goes right back to 
how we began the program when you were talking about it's time to really reevaluate what we need. Uh, mm. Because as we're reevaluating all the things, all the stuff, all the consumerism and, and materialism that we've, we, we all got trapped in, we all got really pulled into this way of living. So as we're reevaluating that and it comes back to this love, giving the love is an act of literally, um, yes, a selfless service, but it, it, it turns and, and returns back toward us that mm-hmm. all that giving, all that sharing um, really blesses us back. And what more do we need right now? Yes, that's true. And, and the, you know, the, the wisdom traditions have been saying for a long time, it's, um, you know, more blessed to give than to receive. Uh, and, you know, there's, there's wisdom in, in all of these, these teachings. So I think that, you know, we have collectively all the inspiration we need. We have all the wisdom we need. We have all the uh, teachings that we need. It's now just really about practically applying them and stepping into them. And, you know, as Haile Selassie said, it was beautiful at this speech in 1963 to the United Nations. He said, in order for us to, you know, go to somewhere we've never been before, we have to become something we've never been before. So that process of personal transformation, which is we know is so deeply linked to the world transformation that we're craving. Um, but in the end, you know, it really does come back to ourselves and, and in the end, the only person you can change is yourself. So there's, there's an invitation to all of us to become better uh, servants, to become better people, uh, and to become you know, better agents of creation. And as we do that together, we inspire each other and we lead each other up and we, you know, we, we, we can walk each other home. Um, it's an invitation. It's an opportunity. Nothing, nothing, is for, nothing is for certain. Um, but one thing I think is for certain, Julie, is that uh, we have the choice and the choice, you know, remains ours. And the more people we can inspire through your radio show, through things like World Unity Week and uh, all the many, many, many good works that are happening, uh, the more the more momentum we can build up. So to make personal and collective choice for good, uh, for the good of the whole, uh, for the good of each other, the good of our family, uh, human family and for the good of our planet beautiful place to stop. I was just going to ask you that question because we do have a choice. We have an opportunity here to consciously choose the post-pandemic world we want to live in. And right there was was a beautiful response to that and inspiration. Ben, we just have another minute or two here. And I just want to say my genuine heartfelt gratitude for you for showing up, for inspiring us, and for really continuing to bring um, all of these individuals and organizations together, really moving us toward that unity and that vision. So thank you, thank you, thank you for doing your part and being who you are. Mm, thank you, Julie. I, uh, I appreciate that. That's, uh, you know, we all need to encourage each other and uh, I, uh, I, I'm grateful to uh, have a friend like you uh, on this journey and uh, many, many friends out there who lift us up and and, um, carry us forward. Much gratitude and love to you. 
Mm, thank you. Thank you, thank you. And listeners, if you want to find out more, go to unity.earth and you will see more about World Unity Week. You'll find out more about the Caravan of Unity and what's going to be happening in the fall. Um, stay posted, sign in there. Like Ben invited you, you can participate as well. And there's, it's all right there on unity.earth. Again, www.unity.earth. Thank you all for tuning in today. I want to leave you with the words of Lila Gifty Akita, who said, There is beauty and power in unity. We must be united in heart and mind. One world, one people. You've been listening to The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Remember, together, we are creating connections for the good of the whole. Until next time, I'm sending you a world of love. 